0: Welcome to the Burbs Minute Podcast, quite possibly the greatest Billy Stevenson movie ever made. I'm Jeff Ferry. And I'm Chris Dercotch. In this episode, we're covering Minute 79 of the Burbs, which begins with Ray saying they got the whole place wired with batteries, and ends with Rumsfeld saying he's all right. In this episode, we're lucky enough to be joined by Jonathan Carlyle. Hello! That's like another voice on the podcast, another person from the
1: Minute family. <laughs> That's true. From the, <laughs> the, Prin- the Princess Bride Minute inconceivable. Yep, yeah. we are, as far as releasing, uh, we're just starting, but uh, but uh, recording-wise, we're about a third way through the movie, and uh, it's a lot of fun.
0: Oh, you're so much smarter than we are. <laughs> <laughs> you're doing what we plan to do, like, we're gonna stay ahead, so we've got a little bit of a buffer in there. Yeah, next thing I knew, a month in, we're doing it week by week. I was just to that last, <laughs> maybe four weeks, and that was it. <laughs> it's like Friday night, and the, I got a send them out by Monday, and I'm like, we need to record!
1: <laughs> I, I imagine it would get you know, eat, eaten up pretty quick, so we're trying not to uh, fall too far behind.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's good to have that buffer, because then if, you know, God forbid you have that one week where you can't do anything, you're still good. Mm-hmm. You can keep going. Yep. Not now. Yeah, not now. <laughs> if one of us can't make it, they just need to find another guest host and do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> So if you get a panicked phone call some Saturday night, you'll know what it's about. <laughs> like, hey, hey man, what are you up to? What are you doing? <laughs> you want to do a couple minutes of the burbs? <laughs> you ever hear just beginning? You think you can do it for me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for you. You've only heard it 79 times. You don't have it down by now. I mean, I don't, but I'm sure someone does. <laughs> All right. So we are like, I, as we've been saying for the last couple weeks, we're deep into the third act. And we are almost at, this is like, this set of four minutes that's coming up this week is like the penultimate action. Like, we're really leading into what is, let's say, an explosive-type finale. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm not giving too much away there. Don't worry, we're not like the Wrath of Khan guys. I'm not trying to save what's happening. (laughs) I give away everything that's already, I mean, if you haven't seen this movie, listen, if anybody's watching this minute by minute, please contact me. Because I want to know what that experience is like.
2: Yeah, that would be fun. You can come on if you're watching it minute by minute. We want to hear your opinions.
0: <laughs> I mean, I would love to have some of you on be like, what do you think is going to happen next? Yeah. All right, so we begin the minute, and they're in the Klopax basement, and they have found the batteries. There's got to be about 40 of them. <laughs> yes, which is good because, as we're going to find out later, there's no power for the rest of the block. <laughs> so that's a nice workaround for them that uh, they're still going to have power here. Oh, he mentioned it. Look, we have power here, and he flips that light switch on and off a couple times. Yeah, so they're anything if not uh, giving you the information that you need. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Art is uh, Art's real excited about this whole thing. I mean, anytime he has something to do, something to grab, something to flip, he's ready to do it.
0: <laughs> no, he's just – I think he's just – he's he's very happy to be on an adventure as long as that adventure doesn't involve any actual work. Right.
2: I think Crystal mentioned, he's always finding some kind of business to have, too. He's doing something. Yes, yeah, so I don't know if that's
0: because he's he's from like the stand-up world, like stand-up improv-y type thing. Yeah, he's always got something in his hand. He's working a little piece of business. But even, I'll say this. For a person who's not... I mean, he's an, an actor, obviously. He's been in movies. This is the largest role he ever really had. I mean, he spends most of this movie toe-to-toe with Tom Hanks.
2: Yeah. He holds I mean, his own. He definitely holds his own.
0: Which is, makes me think that if he didn't get a lot more acting work, it's either a shame or he just wasn't into it, which is possible, too. He may just be one of those guys that was like, ah, you know, it was a good gig, but I'd rather go out and do stand-up or, you know, hang out in Canada. Make skateboards. <laughs> yeah, work at uh, Skull Skates. <laughs> oh, so we get a – there's a little piece of business here that I need to talk about. When it cuts back outside the Corey Feldman, what exactly is that move that he makes? What, the Corey spin? The, yeah, I have it written down. What do I have it- – <laughs> The Corey Feldman turn, as I call it, yeah. where he's facing one way, then he turns his body the other way, and then his head comes around. It's strange, very yes. strange. <laughs> it's, it's. I don't, I don't know how, if anybody else did it. You'd be like, whoa, that's well, take two. Like, no, that's no good. But I mean, he does it, and I'm just like, oh, it's all right. It's Corey Feldman. It, it looks almost normal for him. It looks like he's <laughs> meant to do that.
1: I guess, yeah. I, to- it seems very consistent with his mannerisms. I actually didn't watch too many uh, Corey Feldman movies, um, but I was always aware of who he was. And so, what, actually, this movie is where I know him most from as far as uh, just how he acts and stuff. And, and that seems absolutely classic for, for well, him.
0: This is an interesting movie for him. This is like the line in the sand for Corey Feldman movies. Everything after this, uh, I'm not going to count Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because he's not in it. He's just a voice. All his live action <laughs> roles after this. Are garbage. <laughs> Everything before this, pretty much, when he's still a teen actor, are usually pretty good flicks. There's some stinkers in there, but that's Lost Boys, Goonies, all that stuff's back there. Oh yeah, they're good. Mm-hmm. And then he does this, and then it's over. I mean, there's nothing for the rest of the way out. Maybe he's in a good movie as a cameo or something, but this was it. After this, he went full-blown Corey Feldman, and that was the end of him.
2: He <laughs> stopped acting and started being himself.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's just because he grew up and he was no longer, you know, he's not going to listen to the directors anymore. or He wasn't because he worked for normally he worked for really good directors. He's got he had Spielberg in there. He's got Joe Dante here. Oh, God, who was the guy that did Lost Boys? Ugh, no one, huh? No one's got it. Oh, come on. i I not that much help, this really, help with this. The real highlight of the uh, podcast is listening to Jeff's mind work. Sometimes I know the answer <laughs> and I don't tell him. <laughs> Schumacher. It was Joel Schumacher. That's who it Oops. was. See? I remembered it. I, <laughs> I liked it. The... I almost said John Frankenheimer. That would be a totally different movie. Yeah, so maybe it's because he had strong directors, and then after that he didn't, and maybe he just really wasn't that strong of an actor once he became an adult. <laughs> also a possibility.
1: The, that's my guess. That's
0: my vote. <laughs> they
2: grew out of the cute kid and into the adult.
0: Yeah, but I mean, I think he could have... He, if he would have stayed in this lane, as just like if he would have tried to become a quirky character actor, maybe he could have pulled it off. Yeah. But he was never going to be – I mean, he was never going to be a leading man. He was never going to be a Tom Hanks that can carry a film. And
2: you kind of get sick of the character actors if they're the same character every time.
0: That's a good point. Yeah, If you're going <laughs> to be a character actor that's a one-note guy. You really got to pick your spots. Yeah, you really do.
1: Yeah. I imagine him just going to uh, auditions after this, and, and they all just keep looking at him like, oh, so you're, you're still doing that spin?
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah, you can know. you take the sunglasses off, please? Yeah, please. Yeah. <laughs> uh could you take the Michael Jackson glove off, please? Is that possible? <laughs> yeah, so we get and then we get the uh we when we get to see Rumsfeld up on the roof. I'll say this, um I realize that he drops he drops his walkie talkie and his rifle. Yeah. That is a steeply pitched roof that he's up on though.
2: Yes. I'm like why is he sitting up there?
0: Nobody would sit up there. Oh, we'll get into later about how ineffective him sitting up there is. Because <laughs> he's, he's got field glasses that look like they can look 500 yards. He's got a nice picnic lunch, but everything else is going wrong. He literally has a picnic basket up there.
2: I didn't realize that until this minute. that he, he pulled those animal crackers out of a picnic basket. A picnic basket? He has a picnic yeah, basket? That's what I wrote to a picnic basket. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best Yogi Bear minute.
0: <laughs> and then, I mean, honestly, I think the uh, th- this episode already has its title. I think it's got to be Yo Rumsfeld. Yo <laughs> Rumsfeld. It's <laughs> with most people that are passingly familiar with the uh, movie, that's probably one of the five lines that they'll say. They'll do the old, Yo Rumsfeld. And again, uh, I he di- I did mention him earlier, probably back around minute twenty, the first time that um, Rumsfeld falls down. The guy that doubled him. This is an excellent fall off of the roof. Yeah.
2: And he looks oh, at it, and you never oh, can tell it's not Rumsfeld.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he goes down and uh, shoots out a car window.
2: I wrote, um, he hits no less
0: than three roofs on the way down. Oh, yeah. Because he does, like, a little spin when he hits the very top of the roof. Then he comes down and hits the second level of the roof. Yeah. And then he goes almost face first down to the ground. Right. Well, that's the thing. He heads off the roof face first, and then he lands on his back somehow. So, uh, whose car is that? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> It's not his, because we saw earlier his car was under cloth, and it looked like he had like a Corvette, like some sort of sports car, and this, that, looks like, this looks like more of an economy type vehicle. Is that the wife's car? It doesn't look like something she would drive. No, I, and it's the, they're on the other side of the street, so it's not Klopak, it's not Ray, it's not Art. It could be the neighbor, the neighbor we never see. Poor neighbor doesn't <laughs> come out. <laughs> the guy who's not in the movie? <laughs> You think he's, like, inside, and he just looks outside, and he's like, oh, son of a bitch. I'm not even going out there. I don't care.
2: <laughs> Rumsfeld's got a gun again. I am not going outside. Yeah.
0: Oh, good. My crazy Vietnam vet neighbor is outside with a rifle. That's just terrific. <coughs> I think we mentioned this a couple minutes ago, but, like, this story would be a whole lot different in the this day and age. Oh, good, a man with a rifle down on the front lawn shooting out windows. I don't think you'd have a one squad car showing up. You'd get a SWAT team showing up to get this guy.
1: Have you guys discussed uh uh how he he's always talking about how he was, you know, in the bush and and that kind of stuff, but he seems pretty ineffective when it comes down to it. Yeah, we
0: mentioned like, earlier. Like even it's like he when – when
1: oh, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, sorry. When he when the the gun starts sliding off the roof and then he you know, you see him uh in panic kinda toss the radio as he's going after the gun and then and then he has a moment where like he realizes that he tossed the radio and just that whole the whole thing of, like, him panicking at that moment. I'm like, I don't, I don't really know if this guy is, you know, if his nerves are that steady to do all the things that he said he's done.
2: You really don't want him doing things like that on the battlefield. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the
0: other question is, he's
1: supposed to be this real go at him. He's the tough guy.
0: The only time we, he show, really showed that he was tough, I guess, is when he went to the Klopek's house. Like, he wouldn't back down from them. But that was all verbal. Yeah. Here, when you thought, like, you're literally breaking into another person's house, which he has shown he's capable of doing because he broke into Walter's house. And he's like, I'm going to set up a command post and stand up here. You could literally have anybody else do this job.
2: Uh, he saw that big giant dog in there and didn't want to go back in that house.
0: Yeah. Well, we the thing we had discussed in an earlier minute was we tried to figure out what exactly his level of service was. So there's only two ways to go with it in my point of view. He either legitimately was in the bush and he is now a broken person with PTSD or – the theory that I like better, he was probably in the service, but I'm thinking he was somewhere working as a file clerk. Yeah. And this is all it's just a show for everybody. Like, oh, yeah, you know, I was, I was back in Nam, you know, I was in the bush. You know, I did all this. Like, no, nobody can check that. Nobody can find out what you're doing. He
1: does He does get a little bit of action towards the end of the movie.
0: And I did bring that up. When he actually has to get physical with somebody, he's able to. So maybe it's like a blending of the two. I, I also said, like, did he get shipped over to Vietnam? And, like, two weeks later, we pulled out. So, like, he's still jones and, like, I didn't get my full year there. <laughs> <laughs> I was promised some confirmed kills. And so he shoots out the window. Um, but, uh, you know, Rumsfeld's a champ, though. I mean, he just went headfirst off a roof and, uh, you know, all the idiots next door cheer for him. But he's okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, uh, that's a 50-year-old man that just slid off the top of a two-story roof. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> he got up. No problems. <laughs> and he gets up and just walks it right off. Well, I mean, considering what one of one of the other characters is going to go through in in a later minute that we're not going to cover this week, that they're able to walk away from. <laughs> That's mean, true. I guess we shouldn't be too surprised that he's able to get away from this one.
2: I like I like Ricky's line there. That was very cool, man.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I th- I think you can tell that uh, he must be hurt, and he's just braving it because uh, from what we see in the rest of the movie, he would. Uh, he would totally turn on those kids. Like everybody's cheering for him and stuff. Like you think he would just be mad at them. But I think I think he's hurt enough. He's just like, oh, I gotta I gotta walk this off.
0: So I mentioned that this is the uh, the best Billy Stevenson minute of the movie. So as usual, Chris, I will ask you, who's Billy Stevenson? Billy Stevenson. He's a country singer. Oh, well, you're pretty close. <laughs> he's one of Ricky's friends. Oh, okay. I can't quite tell, because on IMDb, you know, it's like a current picture of him, and this movie was like almost 30 years ago. <laughs> so instead of being a 20-year-old man, he's like a 47-year-old bald man. Oh, but it's probably... I, I think the he's blonde the blonde is. kid. Yeah, he looks like he's going bald already in this movie. Uh, yeah, I think he's the blonde <laughs> kid. Yeah, He's only 20. If it's the same guy, he's only... He's legit 20 in this movie. Wow. Well, so, he looks... Yeah, the guy on here is bald, but uh, yeah, he's... Uh, I'll, I'll run through some of his credits. He seems to play the same level of character... Somewhere along the lines of, he like, a featured extra. Oh. Like, this kind of role. Like, he's got a couple lines. He's not a true extra who doesn't do anything. But his, uh, his first credit in 1979, he was only 10 years old. He was on The Jeffersons. Really? Which, right there. I mean, come on. <laughs> who wouldn't want to be on The Jeffersons? You put that on your IMDb, definitely. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> he was in Like Father, Like Son, which was a movie I loved, starring the uh, kid from Growing Pains. <laughs> and then he was on Growing Pains. How about that? Then he did The Burbs. I'm just trying to go through and see if there's any, like, shows anybody might have seen. Oh, he did some of the uh, the uh early 90s, you know, hits. Who's the Boss, Evening Shade. He was in Child's Play 2, mm. which wasn't bad. Fresh Prince. But he's always, like, he's in Outbreak as Biotest Guard. <laughs> he's in uh Hanging with Mr. Po- Cooper as Clerk. Like, he always has that role. Yeah. He has, um, Stephen Tobolowsky explained one time that you can have three types of roles. You're either, like, um... Garbage Man number two. Like, you don't even get a – you get nothing. He's like, or you get a first name, Ted. He's like, if you get a first and last name, you're a star of that movie. <laughs> He's like, so, you know, Tom Hanks is Ray Peterson, where, like, somebody else might be Garbage Man. And then one of the other guys is, like, Ricky's friend. Yeah. Um, the only show looks like he did serious work on is Suddenly Susan, which if you remember that show, good for you. I don't. Still oh. working to the today, though. He was just on Fresh Off the Boat as businessman number three. Um, number he was three. On, Yeah. He was on the show Workaholics. He actually got a name there, Bill. And his most recent credit this year, Son of Zorn.
2: I've never seen that show yet Yeah, yeah it's
0: the weird show with the animated character.
2: I saw it. It's like both, right? It's live action and animated, right? Yes.
0: So. You mean like Mr. Limpet? Like that kind? <laughs> Mr. Limpet. Oh, my God. Are you 87 <laughs> years old? <laughs> <laughs> Oh wait! You don't think anybody got your Don Knotts reference? <laughs> <I> do this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so if he is if he is the blonde kid, uh, uh, what's on his shirt? Is that is that uh, something you can see in any other minute that I'm not watching?
0: Oh, okay, I'm trying to remember which one what he had on his shirt.
1: I had one kid's
0: got skull skates on there.
1: Yeah, I saw that. Yep.
2: We okay. had a few minutes where we couldn't find out, figure out what was on Ricky's shirt, and here it was a Batman symbol, and we just couldn't well, see it for some reason. He had a red
0: mesh shirt <laughs> over it. That's why. Yeah. No, I'd even go into the kid with the – the other kid has a way better shirt, the one with the suspenders. Yeah. Also, if, when I rewound it, I, you can, I couldn't see it before up on Rumsfeld's uh, fireplace. He has, like, three bags of equipment up there.
1: Yeah. Yep, he sure does.
0: Is he expecting a firefight of some sort? <laughs> <laughs> He's right Ricky- Ricky does ask over... him why he has
1: a gun and he's just like forget about it. Yeah. Paint
0: your paint your house. Yeah, why don't you paint your house? Yeah. Thanks, thanks, Rumsfeld. Thanks for your help.
2: Are you sure my kid's shirt just doesn't have like a stain or
1: a hole in it? I'm looking at it. It looks like <laughs> it looks like some kind of pattern that's like washed out or something. Yeah,
0: it looks like a really washed originally I thought it might be inside out,
1: but I think it's just like a washed
0: out shirt, which makes me think, I really don't think the prop department had that. Like, they, looks, they just say, oh, you wore that shirt, that's probably good enough.
2: Honestly, zooming <laughs> so in, it looks like a cobra or
0: something on the front of it. Yeah, well, I mean, I have it paused where I'm looking at all four of his friends, the three yeah, guys right. and the girl. Yeah. And the, they looked like they all just walked out of Central Casting in 1989. <laughs> they all have mullet hair. They got the one with the tie-dye. The girl is wearing the exact same outfit the girl from the Langoliers wore, wore probably the same year. Listen, I, everyone who just didn't know what that meant, I, I watch a lot of TV, okay? Like I, I remember
2: Mike <laughs> like Lears it. had Malky in it, didn't it? Yes, it did. Yeah, I <laughs> um, If you're going to guess which one went bald, I'm saying definitely the De blonde hair kid.
0: i got to be honest with you, I'm, <laughs> I'm looking at him right now, and I think both of his – not 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 the one in the middle, not the one with the skull skates that I talked about last week. I think both of the other guys went bald.
2: You mean tie-dye I'm looking snow- at it
0: now. I think I may have been wrong. It might have been the brown-haired guy now that I'm looking at his face. Either way, they it both have like, tragic hairlines.
2: He looks like one of the Ramones. In
0: the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he looks like someone who would play the Ramones in the TV movie. Yeah, that's what he looks like. Young Howard Stern, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I mean, I would love to say that I have more notes, but most of my notes are they're not notes as much as just random things that happen. My notes are things like flame shoot out.
2: Well, that's all I, I do have. We skipped over. Art pushes that red button, and the motor starts whirring. And then a giant flame shoots out the bottom of that uh, furnace, and uh, right away they say this is no ordinary furnace.
0: Yeah, oh, I, I have that like. Yeah, that's a uh, nice detective work there, boys. <laughs> and Ray is so sweaty <laughs> down there; he has got sweat pouring off his face. Well, he's done all the work. You're right. You're right. But <laughs> I mean, once art—I mean, art wasn't doing any work before, but once he got electrocuted, he was definitely out of the game.
1: Yeah. yeah I so... guess I. Uh, now, I've definitely seen this movie many times, but I didn't realize until watching this minute closely um where you can actually get up close to art that he's actually wearing a phone company shirt. Oh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> we had a
0: one of our uh, prior guests brought up that he thinks that at home he has just racks and racks of clothes for every possible thing that he could use.
2: He said he thinks maybe art's an a- actor in like a uh, playhouse, you know, so he's got all these different costumes. <laughs>
0: You know, he's got an electrician outfit, you know, he's got a bunch of bowling shirts, he's got he has the golf outfit that he wore earlier. No one no one on God's green earth would be would actually have.
1: Well no wonder no wonder he's so excited all the time and like ready to jump in because he's like, Yes, I can finally use all my outfits.
0: That's why whenever something new comes up, he's probably like, Oh, of course, like oh I'd love to do that. (laughs) This new thing that we're gonna do. Like, hey, we're gonna go uh, we need someone to go over there and go through their garbage. I got a garbage man outfit.
2: I'm pretty (laughs) – He said, why is Art going up on the pole?" Well, he's the one with the telephone man outfit. Yeah, that's why he's going up there.
0: The guy's got a hard hat. Obviously, he knows what he's doing.
2: Yeah, he must. He even had blueprints. We never figured out what we were for. He
0: he had had blueprints, which blew away, and he apparently wasn't going to use anyway. Oh, don't worry. As we said, he just – if I counted up the amount of times people should have died in this movie. Oh, yeah. Like, Art should have died probably at least twice. Rumsfeld should have died when he just fell off the roof. And Ray's got his coming later. Like yeah. none of these guys should have survived this week.
1: <laughs> well, I'll just I'll just uh, say again that that fall off the roof is is awesome.
0: Oh, it's a tremendous stunt, and, and of course this is this is back when they actually let stuntmen do stuff.
1: <laughs> I love how well it kind of goes with his his little panicky moment when he throws the radio. And like the whole his whole fall down is just he's just panicking and just bumping into everything all the way. <gasps> yeah, he it's does big, like a he looks like, like a human a, plinko or something. Yeah.
0: He falls like I imagine Doc Brown would fall down. Where like he doesn't go straight <laughs> down. He's like back and forth, and his arms are swinging around. And, and uh, yeah, it was it was an excellent move by the, uh, the stunt people because I had a roof that was very similar to that. And when you're up on top of it, it's a long way down. Oh, yeah. you, you don't want to go sliding down off it. No. But uh, he was a good soldier, though. He did recover his weapon before he hit the ground. <laughs> maybe, maybe next time leave the safety on, though.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, obviously he doesn't want to say why he has the gun, but it was uh, it was obviously loaded and ready to go.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was obviously loaded and not safe. Yeah. <laughs> At least he's got that infrared scope on it, which is pretty helpful in the broad daylight. He's the
2: furthest away from the house and the only one with a gun.
0: Yeah, and I'm pretty sure he's looking <laughs> in the wrong direction, by the way. So. so we'll get into that next minute. I think next minute or maybe towards the end of our week, we'll see that maybe he's not the best for the the sniper post up there. All right. I don't have anything else. Anybody have any actual notes still written down they haven't covered?
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just a couple. Um, now we hear the noise of the furnace because it's starting up. We we only hear that one other time earlier in the movie. Is that correct?
0: We hear it. We hear. It, uh, or, or a couple before. times, I guess. We hear it right at the beginning when Ray first wakes up at, yep. when the credits are still rolling. Oh yeah. And then you hear it again later when they're all standing out in the street. When the or light No, tr- no, is it when they go out the night before? And they hear it, and they're all hiding behind the trash cans. In the rain, yeah, it's
2: the lightning strike night. That's the other time it comes on.
1: So that they, uh, the Clopex, they just don't care. Like, I mean, how obvious is it that that uh, like you can't hide that? No, and and the, it's por- it's going to cause suspicion no matter where you go.
0: And our point was, at this point, once they come to your house, you know they're on to you. Yeah, like yeah. I understand they probably are legitimately going to the university because they're probably trying to get the hell out of this town because they know that they're being sniffed out. Why wouldn't you leave somebody behind? like or if you? Yeah. Well, leave Hans behind. Yeah. Why yeah, do break in if Hans is there? No. You would get attacked by his weird facial hair and his flies.
1: Well, there's uh, there's nothing left there for them to find. But is there? We don't really know that. Well, <laughs> yeah. and I guess we don't know that at this point exactly, but –
0: well, because I had my theory earlier on. I think I brought this up a couple times. Um, the night that Ray sees them digging in the backyard, I will think to my dying day that they did that just to throw him off. Like they dug in the yeah. backyard. They wanted him to see it so that if they, he ever tried to go over the fence and look, he would just try to dig up their backyard and there's nothing there. I mean it's kind of blown up about – then they find the femur, which kind of throws off my whole thing. They <laughs> <laughs> just missed that one.
2: Maybe they missed that one when they were digging everything up.
0: Yeah, unless they had – maybe originally they had – maybe they were backwards. They thought they took it from the garbage can to the backyard. Maybe they were already in the backyard, and they were digging them up to move them.
2: Unless Art was right, and they did dig them up and take them into the house and then
0: buried them in the basement. Yeah. We'll <laughs> find out how well that's all going to work out.
1: And when the furnace goes off and the big flame shoots out, is – uh. uh the sound effect is that. It sounds like there's like a puma or you know some kind of wild cat roar that goes off with that.
0: Yeah, I thought they went uh, very Spielbergy in there because that's a definitely a Spielberg move, like when a Jaws gets shot, and it makes like a dinosaur roar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm pretty sure sharks don't make that noise. <laughs> that's what it reminded me of. Like, yeah, we're just gonna make this have an unbelievably weird sound. It has such a distinct sound though, and again, like you can hear it throughout the entire neighborhood. Yeah, and yeah. see
2: from anywhere in the, in the cul-de-sac.
0: Yeah, it seems like the Clopax would be better off maybe buying a, maybe a house with a little more land.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm i curious, when they move to a new place, I'm curious how many times they think they can run the furnace before everyone crowds around their house.
0: What's the longest they've ever stayed in a place before they've had been forced to move? Are they just in and out in like a year or two? <laughs> if they're yeah. lucky? Well, he said, what did he say? We've been... in four homes in as many years or something yeah and this is why because now granted they're in a neighborhood of like crazy people here which is why they're all over them but like even your most uninvolved neighbors at some point are gonna be like what is going on over there (laughs) (laughs) i mean i try to stay away from my neighbors but if they were like had big lights going on at night and it's so loud that's when it is see once it in once it bothers me now i'm getting involved yeah
1: well, I wonder if if uh, there's some weird something going on, because uh, we see a couple times in the movie that when someone crosses over the property line, then, you know, the, the big wind hits them in the face. And <laughs> yeah, and so maybe maybe that furnace is also some sci fi thing that that kind of uh, holds everything in. So maybe as as people are becoming aware, then they can begin to hear the noise. But maybe that first time you only really hear it if you're right there.
0: So it's like it's one of some them, kind of bubble. Yeah, they leave a lot of dangling threads. Certainly at the beginning of the film, to see which way that they can get you to go. Like they throw that one out there, like the supernatural angle. That's like a, a path you can take. And then for the longest time, you're not sure if it's the Klopaks are the bad guys, or if it's the morons in the neighborhood that are the bad guys.
2: Well, they make it a point to show how crazy art is. That <laughs> yeah. doesn't look their case
0: yeah. at all. <laughs> and uh, will get to it later. But like the evidence that they're basing all of this on is not evidence. (laughs) It's a chair knocked over at a guy's house and a femur. Oh, I understand you found a femur. It could have been there for another reason. Maybe if your neighbor disappears, maybe give his family a phone call next time. I mean, that's just what I would have (laughs) done. When my neighbors go away and they don't tell me, I don't assume they're dead. I don't even notice. (laughs) I mean, I just hope they are. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully none of my neighbors listen.
1: (laughs) Oh, so I'm jumping around, but I'm trying to just get through my notes, which isn't that important, except this one thing I've always noticed since I first saw this movie. Uh, when Rumsfeld does fall off the roof and Ricky runs over, like Ricky stops by dropping and basically just punches Rumsfeld in the gut. He Are you all right? He's like, wham. It's like, yeah, he, oh, that's... Like,
0: he lands on him. He uses Rumsfeld to break his fall. Yeah. If he's all right, he's not. You know, he's worse now. <laughs> I'm sure he feels a lot better after falling off the roof having you dive on him. No, <laughs> well, that's the kind of help you can hope to get from Ricky. I mean, he's been painting his house for five days, and he has parts of two columns painted, and that's it. Sometimes <laughs> he jumped over that fence, too. Yeah, he loves to jump over the fence. Yeah, he likes to turn
1: over the fence. Speaking of the painting, because I did notice that. I mean, we, we could talk about it in other minutes, I guess. But um, is he planning on painting the whole house red?
0: Well, there's also one that's painted blue. Blue. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> we thought Was he meant to press Rumsfeld. <laughs> oh, I
2: can see. A little red, white, and blue. Yeah. yeah. Patriotic action.
0: Yeah, I don't know a lot of people, I've never seen the red-blue move on the, uh, on the porch. So apparently his parents asked him to not only paint the house, but paint it very gaudy colors. <laughs> all right, I do not think I have anything else. That's all my notes. I'm good. All right, we're covered. All right. I did talk about Bill Stevenson. I wouldn't want to forget him. now that i'm looking at that uh that guy's shirt again i've been had it sitting up there for a while i'm pretty sure it's a knight on a horse
2: wow it's it's really strange because i see a cobra
0: (laughs) (laughs) you think it's just like a rorschach painting just like you see whatever you want to see
2: yeah it's showing what your uh your problems are by telling us what you see (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah well maybe get dr freud in here next month you know see what's wrong with us (laughs) All right, so uh, if you want to hear more about the Burbs, you can go over to the Burbs Minute. We're on Facebook, Twitter. That's it. That's pretty much all the other place we are. Uh, Jonathan, where can they find people find you?
1: They can find us at theprincessbrideminute.com. That's the website. Uh, and Twitter, we are at TPB Minute. On Facebook, we are the The Princess Bride Minute. Um, the Listener Society is a battle of wits, The Princess Bride Minute. Oh, an excellently named thing. You have an Steve eminently is, quotable movie. Oh, absolutely. Um, Steve is the other host, and uh, he had already taken care of it, but I I, uh, I, double-checked with him to make sure that we had The at the beginning, because that is the name of the movie, and I would probably lose sleep if we didn't have that as part of part of the website or yeah, something. Yeah, I
0: felt the same way. I, I, I really went over and over about because in the actual Burbs title, there's the apostrophe there.
1: Oh, yeah, I noticed that last night, because I was watching the beginning.
0: And I was like, oh, should I try to do anything with that? I'm like, nope, it's gonna be too much effort. Because every <laughs> time I try to punch it into something, every website's gonna reject it and say that you can't have it in there. Yeah. So I was like, it's not worth it. I don't care. Right.
1: That's 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 forgivable. <laughs>
0: yeah. All right. So uh, everybody out there, Yo Rumsfeld, and stay safe, neighbors.